0: and welcome to Nintendo Week for our special E3 edition. I have no idea what the days are, but uh, it's Wednesday. I'm Colin McIsaac, your host, and I'm joined by Alex
1: Plant. Alive.
0: And Ben LeMoureux. Barely alive. And we are coming at you from our E3 hotel room, and it looks like I might need to turn the mic gain down a little bit. Um, Yeah, so forgive the audio quality. It's not what you're used to, but uh, we're making do with what we can. Uh, We are also joined specially, by our friends from Gamnesia. We've got Marcin over here. Here. He's waving, you can't see him. Hi. We've got Jackson over here, he's not waving, you still hey. can't see him. We got Theo Schultz. Yo yo and Alex's wife, Lauren. That's
2: it on his wife.
0: <laughs> well, they know you they know he's I he's told stories again. of you before, so how else can we introduce you? How would you like yeah, to introduce yourself, Lauren? And strong, independent woman Lauren, that strong, that independent woman, Lauren <laughs> is also joining us on this podcast. <laughs> so, Thanks, we, then, for
2: speaking
0: up for me. <laughs> we are here, of course, to talk about uh, Nintendo's E3 presence. <laughs> Obviously, the big thing is Zelda, uh, which, you know, quick impressions we all love. Uh, but Nintendo also announced a lot of other stuff, so we're going to try to get through that pretty quick and uh, really dig into the meat of it, which is Zelda. Mmm, um, meat. Yes. And um, I guess we'll start off. This is pretty rough here. Um, Ever Oasis, Grezzo's new RPG for the Nintendo 3DS revealed today. Um, you guys didn't get the chance to see it, right? I stuck I around. Know, this is the first time learning
3: that it was actually that it's a Grezzo project. Yeah. I, I, what I saw was that, is it the director of the Mana series? Is it, yes. Am I correct? I think that so.
0: I, okay. He directed the first couple Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. He like character designer for like Moogle's and Chocobos. And well, that's
3: that's actually really interesting to me because. Uh, and, and in, in the past, Grezzo has only worked on like the Four Swords Anniversary Edition and like the uh, the 3DS. Um, what were those games? The Street Pass games. So they've only worked on like these. Well, they also did minor uh, projects. Ocarina of
0: time and Majora's Mask. Right, but again, these were remakes of uh, previous games. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah.
3: sort of the first time that they've been allowed to make their own project that isn't just a, a tiny little uh, 3DS Street Pass thing. I see so. what you're saying. It's kind of interesting to see Nintendo sort of give them a little more creative power.
1: Yeah. At the same time, it's it's uh, from what I've seen of the game, it falls in this weird spot where it there's no shortage of games like this on three DS. So I kind of wonder, aside from the setting, like what's going to be so special about it?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you there. Uh, the setting is really interesting, but it seems like the three D. We were talking about this before. It seems like the three DS does have you know some sort of market at least for those kinds of games like Fantasy Life. Uh, this game really in particular reminded me of Fantasy Life. So. <laughs> you know, it seems like they're doing what they can, but, um, we were also talking, too, about, uh, you know, how much do we think Nintendo should be, uh, informing the creative decisions of things like that versus just, uh, letting their, sort of, second-party companies do exactly what they want, exactly as they want it, and just, sort of, release it to whatever fanfare there is on, sort of, a Treehouse livestream and stuff like that, you know, uh, but those are lots of questions. It seems like we're not answering. So, <laughs> so we'll move on. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what to think of this yet. Yeah, so. me neither.
3: I feel utterly unqualified to. Comment. Yeah, that's right. You
0: guys, have, you guys haven't seen anything of it. So, um, let's see. They also. Oh, you know what? I I really wish we uh, had looked into more before recording is uh, Mario Party Star Rush, the. Apparently it's a faster It's a Mario Party game for 3DS Apparently it's
1: faster paced uh, The same t- take- takeaway I saw was that it no longer has the car From the from most recent installments oh, So I don't
0: think that was in Island Tour either Was it?
1: And play on tour. So yeah, I don't know. me neither. Um, <laughs> um, the, we are the, the best. Nintendo the big takeaway brands.
0: I saw was that the box art is uh, artwork of the Mario cast lifted straight from the Campbell's
1: soup, which, the I, actually, which I, Campbell's I actually Super Mario license. I actually have the soup at home, so it's like a port of something I already have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Porting the soup. Um, uh, they talked about Pokemon Go Plus, the little Bluetooth companion device for Pokemon Go. Um, so I
3: heard that's that's thirty five dollars. Is that correct? Yes. Huh. Yep. Huh. That's that's about all I had to say on that. Yeah. Huh.
0: Uh, I mean, it seems like a fair price for the technology, but for the functionality, it doesn't really seem Yeah, I don't know how many
3: people are going to be willing to shell out $35 for an accessory to a mobile game, but at the same time, it's Pokemon, and people are insane. Also, it looks good.
0: That's something that's really important, I think, for a piece of wearable tech, is that it's, it's, you know, it's a Pokeball, so it's a little, like, nerdy, but it's not like tacky i don't think mm-hmm. it's it, it at least looks and like
3: something that you would, in now. so yeah yeah
0: nerdy's the new vogue uh i don't even know what that means <laughs> um
1: we're all cultured here i
0: promise yeah uh let's see um so Pokémon Sun and Moon they revealed a couple new Pokémon. They've got uh, Young Goose. <laughs> They've got Which we've all decided
3: sounds like the name of an up and coming rapper. Don't yes, die. it really does. Getting um, those names there.
0: I like Young Goose's face too. I really feel like at some point we should just have a competition to replicate it as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um and the Picky Peck, some sort of Firebird. There was like a grub bug Pokémon. Um did you guys not see any of this? Nope. I saw
3: the okay. first two. I, I didn't see the, the third <laughs> one you're crazy. talking about.
0: Um, yeah, no, it, it wasn't um, wasn't
1: that interesting. <laughs> but <laughs> seems like pretty standard. This is the new Pokemon. Right, yeah, but, I but, imagine yeah. we're seeing
3: like you know the route one through three kind of Pokemon yeah,
0: well, early on here. And I think some of uh, what's most interesting about what they showed about Pokemon Sun and Moon is the gameplay features that they've introduced. They have um, uh, the battle screen lets you ch- tap on the Pokemon that are in battle and check like the stat boosts and reductions that they've got. Yeah, going. Nice. that's awesome. Fantastic. It it lets it shows you what moves are strong against what types and what aren't. Um, lots of mechanics that I think are really important for an RPG to have. And I'm really glad that Pokemon, and is
3: especially that. if you're trying to sort of, I mean, they're always trying to do this, but it seems with Sun and Moon, especially, they're trying to bring in you know new people, get people excited about the franchise again. So it's it's really cool that they're they're doing that, giving you access to all this stuff during battle, and also uh, at the same time, you know. That kind of stuff has been available forever on like online battle simulators like Smogon. Yeah. So you know maybe maybe it'll make some of those people perhaps a little more excited to <laughs> to play the official games again. and yeah. Have access to all the same kind of stuff that they right. had access to for years on other
1: other platforms. Right. Um, I would love for Nintendo to to go all out and really replicate what they were doing with the Pokedex app on 3ds, uh, yeah. so that it's not something where you need a separate piece of software for. It's just. Uh, down the, the information comes right with the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I completely agree and one of the things that I'm curious about with Sun and Moon is I'm kind of worried that they're going to go back on, so we've talked about before how a lot of the times they will go back on lots of really nice improvements and refinements to the Pokemon formula that they've made in past games Uh, And I think Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire did a fantastic job with the bottom screen, especially with the PokéNav, where you could tell what Pokémon are in the route that you're on and what you've caught, what you haven't, whether you've basically completed the route. Um, And a lot of those sorts of features on the bottom screen from Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire I haven't seen yet in Sun and Moon, and (laughs) I'm... Really disappointed by that, but uh, we've got those battle screen uh, features, we've got, uh, there's another thing that I noticed that I really was was impressed by, um, oh, the Pokemon battles take place in the overworld rather mm-hmm. than just in sort of a generic background, um, which is really fantastic. The trainers are there in battle, which I love.
3: It's, it makes it a lot more immersive. It's yeah. a little bit jarring when you're in like a, an interesting environment. And then you go into a battle and all of a sudden it's just like generic plain or generic desert or whatever. So I think it's it's really immersive just to be walking around the overworld and then boom you're having a battle in that exact same spot totally agree and agreed. uh yeah you can like see your trainer standing behind the Pokemon they, they pointed out on the, the stream that they thought it was a big deal that you can like see the size of your Pokemon relative to the trainer and things like that and it's so it Wailord's gonna be awesome yeah <laughs> and you can be freaked out by like 3 foot tall bee drills and things like
0: that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah especially cause the trainers are gonna be like 4 feet tall so yeah. our,
0: our perspective is gonna be very skewed
1: um it's kind of Jumping off that, going back to what you were saying, Colin, about them not taking out features between games, if they keep that going in the NX games, just imagine how beautiful those battles will be.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, you mean like
0: Pokemon Coliseum or like? If well, NX assuming that NX is yeah, like some sort of hybrid thing. Type, okay. Yeah.
1: okay. Yeah, if it if it if it has the not the same power as the console, but but you know, it's a scalable a sort of a scalable version of the console. Right. Right. Um,
0: and. Uh, Sort of on the the same note as the battles taking place in the overworld, I think that they've done a really nice job building the world of Alola, and especially the world as it relates to Pokemon battles. Um, I think that the idea that people will actually gather around the battle and spectate is really cool. I think yeah. it's great that they have that uh, sort of stage that uh, is in like the Professor's Town, uh, where you'll you'll get up on there and battle for your your first Pokemon battle, I believe it is. Um,
3: you know, that's a good point. I'm thinking like in real life, if you have a fire breathing lizard and like a three foot tall bee back. Yeah. Like, like,
0: people are going to be watching that. Yeah. yeah. People are going to get excited. Exactly. And and so I really like that, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the ways that they build that into other things, like Pokemon gyms. How are those going to work? Um, obviously, they'll work very similar to the, to the way that they have in the past, but, you know, will there be spectators there and stuff like that? Um, I, I think that's one point of Pokemon that I've been kind of disappointed by a lot lately, and uh, seeing that they're actually... Uh, really embracing the world design of Pokemon and, and making it a living, breathing region rather than just sort of this this grid where, you know, RPG mechanics are taking place. Um, and so that's, for that reason I am a lot more excited about Sun and Moon than I have been in the past about Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, about X and Y, about Black and White even. Um, I think that's something that they've really lost focus on and uh, because they were so focused on iterating on Pokemon rather than uh, figuring out, you know, what is this game world and how can we represent it well and I think that they've gone back uh, back to that and I really like it.
3: Yeah I think this definitely looks like it's going to be the most immersive Pokemon experience that we have seen
0: Yeah um, Let's see um, Oh, do, do we want to talk about uh, Battle Royale too? Yeah we call it we didn't call it but I mean come on this is freaking me out now
1: I am it's a little suspicious on this one Yep
0: <laughs> uh, I, and the the weird thing to me is that uh, there's no way that they developed that in just a week after listening to our podcast. But there's got, no, no, there's something, su- there's something supernatural going on here. Junichi Masuda is a big fan of the show. Yeah, I bet.
1: Um, <laughs> he's time traveling just to listen to it before they show off the game.
3: Yeah, I'm yeah, sure absolutely. he's got like a celebi or something.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: there we go. Um, let's see. So. Uh, two eShop releases. We got Box Box Boy is the name of the localized version of Box Boy Two. That's uh, I'm one way to number a sequel. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, it's not a worse name than Wii U, so is
0: it? <laughs> and we've got uh, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. Nintendo surprisingly announced that in the Treehouse today, and it's available now. So if you're a Rhythm Heaven fan or you want to check it out, you can go to the eShop and download it right now. Um, does anyone have anything to say about that or? I have
1: nothing to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> the last Rhythm Heaven I played was on DS, but, uh, you know, with all the games that are coming out this year, that might be something I'd be interested in. Trying.
0: Yeah, and I've heard that Mega Mix is a really, really great Rhythm Heaven. Like, probably the definitive version uh, I've heard from a lot of people, so that's good. You know, if you're thinking about getting Rhythm Heaven, this is definitely the one to get. Um, so, you know, that's really good. It's weird that they didn't make a bigger deal out of it, but it's really good. Yeah. Um, and I think oh oh uh Pokemon Go. We didn't we talked about the Plus device, but well they didn't really reveal anything, did they?
3: If they did, I didn't catch any like big stories. But Daniel I know I've been down. I've been a little short on information just because we spent so much time on the show floor. But I, yeah. I didn't hear any like major reveals.
0: I think they. Confirmed that the game would start with only the original 150 and they would add them later on. Oh, we, uh,
3: we uh, have a release comes, window, yes, don't we? Yes, it
0: comes out before the end of July um, and it's going to be free to play for sure. Um, we've Another story came out separate from that about uh, the way that microtransactions are going to work. Um, that was before E3 but it is something that happened in the past week so uh, I, I don't have it on me but... You know, if, if you want to check that out at Gamnesia, you can. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to actually compile all the stories in the podcast post this week. So if you're listening on iTunes or you're listening at Gamnesia, you're going to have to do a search feature on the site or search in Google Gamnesia and then, you know, Pokemon Go microtransactions. Um, and the last... oh. No, there's a couple more stories still. Uh, Paper Mario Color Splash, they showed off at the treehouse today. That game looks gorgeous. Um, did either of you guys catch anything from that?
3: Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I was just kind of scrolling through my Facebook feed while I was in line for something or other on the show floor, and every comment I saw was something along the lines of Man, this game looks beautiful, and man, the battle mechanics suck.
0: Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am Battle mechanics that I've seen, I am not a fan of. Uh, the world map setup and course level, you know, the, the course structure on a Wii U game not a fan of see I really liked it on
3: 3DS but yeah unless it's yeah. I need I need decent sized areas to explore if it's just little right. bite sized levels I don't really understand why you right. do that on a console experience right
0: this is a home console experience and you know it's, it's not suited for that kind of thing it, you want a bigger adventure
1: it feels like they're in this weird funk with Mario RPGs where they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks well, um, well
0: you know it's really interesting I, I saw on Twitter uh, Ash Paulson who's been on the show before uh, over at Game Explained. They do great work. He was saying that uh, it sounded like they interviewed the team behind Paper Mario Color Splash and they asked about, you know, why is Paper Mario... No- don't take my word on this because I just sort of gleaned what I could from Twitter, but it sounded like they asked essentially, why is Paper Mario going the direction that it is? And their response was, well, we don't see the reason that we should have two different Mario RPG series. We see Mario and Luigi as the Mario RPG series, and Paper Mario is something that we can experiment with, which I found really strange. Because first of all, it seems to me like they're experimenting a lot
1: with Mario and Luigi already, yeah, and and brought Paper Mario into that as well,
0: right? And and Paper Mario is the series that people actually care a lot more about, and that they so that's not don't the one you should experiment, ex- right? So that's not the one that you should be experimenting with. You should be experimenting. With with the one that people buy, just you know, because it's around, um, that you're already experimenting with anyway, and keep Paper Mario, you know, what the fans want, and, and
1: make that the core RPG series. Uh, I think that's especially disheartening because when you look back at like the original Paper Mario, a lot of stuff that they were doing was just pulled straight out of uh, Mario RPG for first mm-hmm. Nintendo. Yeah. like the hammer being a weapon, uh, just the way the turns played out. Yeah, like it was very much the authentic Mario. RPG. The sort of
3: brand of humor as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. For sure. And Mario & Luigi, to me, always felt like this weird offbeat experimental side RPG. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, But, you know, like we said, the visuals look great. I think we've seen a lot of the dialogue that looks pretty cool. Some of the mechanics look really cool. I mean, as a game, I think it's going to be really good, you know. uh, As I said in our previous subject about this where uh, you know we, we talked about why is Nintendo doing this blah 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 but uh, you know just to reiterate I think it looks like a fantastic game so I am excited but I, I'm i baffled at the sort of the reasoning behind it yeah um,
1: but that's how I felt about Zelda too. about ones they were ones? fantastic games but they could be so much they could have been so much better until now until now
0: nice uh, that's a great segue but unfortunately we've got some more stories before Zelda I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> um, I just thought I'd give that little tea yeah.
0: um, there's a new line of Mario Amiibo we've got Wario Waluigi Rosalina <laughs> Daisy
1: uh, Donkey that Kong pretty muted actually I thought you'd be crying yeah.
0: I'm well I'm listing them I'm gonna cry after I'm gonna cry tonight <laughs> okay yeah.
1: and uh, I, I
0: already got my excitement out on Twitter Jack's um, gonna have to hold you Probably. I hold him every night. (laughs) Even when we're not at E3. Um, And uh, uh, who else? I don't remember who I listed. Uh, Diddy Kong,
1: I think I said,
0: and Boo. Which apparently Boo is glow in the dark. dark. Which is pretty cool.
1: I never thought I'd say this, but I actually want a Boo Amiibo. Nice. <laughs> Just use it as a nightlight. Yeah, right. <laughs> I use it to uh, illuminate all my other. I'm Amiibo. scared
0: of the dark. I'm gonna pull out my ghost. <laughs> um, do we have any thoughts on that?
1: Um, weird timing. I mean, yeah. I know the Mario Party games coming, and they'll probably work with that in some fashion. But couldn't they have launched these? You know, when they launched the first Mario Party game that supported
0: Amiibo. Or closer at least to Ultra Smash, which was Yeah. It looked I think this is filling out the cast of Ultra Smash, which is the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um I mean I know they've gotta fill out the cast because it has amiibo functionality, but still, you know, the timing's weird. Um (laughs) let's see. Uh I think that is now the last of our stories before the big ones. Did you
3: wanna do some kind of awesome transition again, Alex?
0: Um then we can crap all over
3: you and change the subject of awesome (laughs) transition.
0: Um, uh, should we talk about the Zelda Amiibo first since we're on the subject of Amiibo or do we want to just blow the gates sure, open? let's just talk about Zelda Amiibo
1: it's um, that's, that's still a big question mark I think
0: yeah, uh, so we learned what Wolf Link does in Zelda U, you can scan Wolf Link in and uh, he'll basically work like a dog does in Minecraft uh, he will hunt with you, he will attack enemies for you, he will, you know, he's, he's basically your companion um and he has hearts and it's as many hearts as you left the game with with the trial of we st- I still don't remember the name um um Cave from of Twilight, that's it from Twilight Princess HD um Cave of
3: Ordeals so wait if you
0: if you haven't done that? Can you not scan
3: the Wolf Link me uh, me You can. can. I think you'll have three hearts. You'll have three hearts. Ah, okay. That makes sense.
0: That's how the data is saved from Twilight Princess and carried over. Um, The other ones are gorgeous. Uh, They are Link riding a horse. They are Link shooting a bow and arrow and a guardian which doesn't really make sense if you haven't been keeping up with zelda but why haven't you been uh you should not be listening to this podcast before all your organic zelda news spoilers but uh the guardian amiibo actually has flexible arms which is pretty cool i like that Completely useless, but, but cool. is that really
3: is cool? That the first amiibo with like moving parts. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, unless the Monster Hunter Stories ones do, but
1: um, no, no one cares I think they about were those. it as them having the, the first movable parts for Nintendo. yeah. Um, we don't know what they do. Alex has a theory though. So, extrapolating off of what they're doing with Wolf Link and some comments that were made uh, when the game was first discussed. In- 2013, uh, where they said that you will be able to have a experience where you're not just playing by yourself. Um, I'm wondering if, like the Wolf Link amiibo, the uh, other Zelda amiibo will be will summon characters that basically serve as co-op partners, mm-hmm. and maybe that's sort of a way to experience co-op play without having a second player. Um, and well- that. Also makes me wonder whether they'll have full blown co-op play that sort of resembles what we've seen with these amiibo so far.
0: Well, wouldn't uh, co-op like what? What would the point be of playing co-op without a second player?
1: <laughs> if you're if lonely, you, if you if you struggle <laughs> with the game and need need a helper. Okay. okay, if you suck. Then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll put it that way. <laughs> um, so. I mean, look at what the Wolf amiibo does. Like, is that really useful if you're playing by yourself? Uh, if unless, you're being
0: hunted by zombies unless, and skeletons, yeah.
1: Well, sure, but same thing with uh, the other amiibo if they help you out.
0: Redeads and and Stealthos, I guess.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Ray Charles. <laughs>
2: powered by Unity,
3: but.
0: Have you just been playing Ray... Have you been playing Ray Charles Simulator this whole time? Put up the volume, yeah. So, I guess next up is just Zelda, unless we want to have a little intermission with the fan here.
1: With Ray Charles, evidently. I like
0: Ray Charles. Jackson likes Ray Charles. He's a solid. He was a formative artist. (laughs) He was a formative artist. That's all I got. Stirring. He's done his work. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The (laughs) year. The Game Awards. Um. So. (laughs) Here's a trailer. Here's a hot new trailer. (laughs) Should we just turn up the game? No idea what's happening. I, I lost track. I am so lost. For, what? They found screenshots for Ray Charles simulator. Is it exactly what we think it is? That's exactly what it's we think exactly it is. Like what <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jackson, we missed our chance. I know. It's
1: okay.
0: We could we could popularize it. We came up with It, it Only has hundred <laughs> downloads. It.
1: Oh, this is not as what? good when streaming. it's not cold. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Um.
0: So Zelda. <laughs> yes. Who Zelda. wants to open up? Pour your heart out to us.
1: Well, there are no hearts. You, you know, you gotta yeah, eat Yeah, no food. more hearts. So you yeah, that's food. true. Um. So Zelda is an RPG again. Nintendo still refuses to call it an RPG. It's an open air adventure. Is that's that not a it? thing.
0: That's,
1: that's, that's the, not a genre. That's the genre name they gave it. That's not a genre. It's not a genre. They are lying. Um, But, you know, it has... Uh, weapons, different weapons you can equip. You can not just a sword, but you can also equip spears, you can equip clubs, you can equip broadswords, claymores, all kinds of things. And they have actual numbered stats. Yeah, yes! That's such
3: a change Thank God. And for, like, defensive items, too, you can equip pants
1: and get, like, a defense boost. You can equip pants! You game of the year! Equip <laughs> year. You can Woo-hoo. also unequip pants for the, yes. yeah. uh, people who want to play through the game naked. <laughs>
3: And
0: why wouldn't you? Well, you can't go through the cold areas naked, unfortunately. (laughs) Just try
1: me. Sure you can. (laughs) You can just pop a pepper, because that will add uh, a warming effect. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Yeah, they also have tons of uh, collectible items that add various effects. Like, in addition to warming you up, you can Mm -hmm. also... uh, Boost your stamina, the stamina meter's returned. Yeah, um, you can. Which, make, yeah, I'm really happy about that. I mean, yeah. It works well for the climbing, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. It does not work well for the running, which needs to be so much faster. Yeah,
1: we've. Uh, I think we all agree that the, given how large and open the world is, uh, how quickly the stamina meter depletes is a real shame because it yeah. makes it a chore to move around the world sometimes. Like, the world is beautiful, and it's, I, I personally think it's really fun to be in, even in those open spaces, but when I just want to get somewhere, and I don't necessarily want to fast travel. I would I would love to be able to get there faster.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't know that it's necessarily just about the stamina meter. I think the run speed is just too slow, period. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time, I couldn't tell, honestly. I mean, besides for the animation, which I don't really remember. It was yesterday.
1: Who um, can remember what I, happened yesterday? Uh, he was, does, it does look like he's running when you're not
0: sprinting as well, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so... I I could barely tell the difference, honestly, between the speeds. Yeah. Um. Which is not good, but everything else I was in love with. I mean, I was telling the story uh, in t- 2014. I was not confident Nintendo would take Zelda where I think it needs to go desperately. Um. And they revealed the art style. They revealed the open world. And damn, they did it. And you know, it's been two years of silence since then. And that sort of si- that same sort of fear and. Uh, Loathing Lack of Vegas. confidence. What? <laughs> I
3: said in loathing in Las Vegas.
0: Uh, did you say Las Vegas? Yeah, Vegas? That's what
1: Ben said, yes.
0: Las Vegas. It was pretty vague of you.
1: Uh, <laughs> we are bringing that back in? Yeah. Um, uh, I
0: don't remember where we were. Large world. Can someone help? Everything. 2014. Guys, <laughs> I need 14. help. Um, I need a yeah, yeah, so th- This year, they... Uh, you know, blew the gates open again, and they did it again. This is exactly what Zelda needed to be. I am so in love with it. I think they learned all the right lessons from the games that have been popularized in the last couple years. Um, And none of the wrong ones. You know, I'm really, really glad that they are we Dark Souls. Finally. Now. I'm glad that they are finally looking outside of the formula of Zelda. This is exactly what we were yeah. talking about. Um and, and, and it still very much feels like a Zelda.
1: Absolutely, game. absolutely. Especially controls-wise, which I think is what most people were yeah. afraid of, is that it ditched the, the controls everyone. Definitely. Loves.
0: And you know, but it it looks at these other games about exploration, like Minecraft, about combat, like Dark Souls, and it takes what they do and iterate on and bring them into the Zelda formula in a way that makes sense, in a way that really makes Zelda feel more like a Zelda game and not
1: less. Yeah. Um, one thing I was, that really surprised me, actually, that they borrowed was item durability. Like, mm, normally, yeah. I hate mm-hmm. item durability in games, but with the way this game is balanced, uh, with the way that uh, you start off with really, really kind of crappy weapons, like sticks... Mm-hmm. Uh, it totally makes sense that those would break really quickly and plus uh, you once you kind of burn through your your basic items you can usually Sometimes take literally so, Yeah, sometimes literally letting them on fire uh, You can usually take out enough enemies to loot an enemy camp and get a better weapon that'll last you a little longer, do a little more damage um, So I'm liking the way that they implemented it in this game because it means you can't just steamroll through the game with whatever weapons you start with You, you really do have to be careful about getting better weapons uh, and, and using them wisely
3: Yeah, yeah. so so, uh, on that topic, one of my favorite things from the demo is the fact that I died.
0: Yes. <laughs> in the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of the game? And in, yeah, and and in a variety later. of ways. <laughs> because, okay, well, I wasn't quite as bad, but...
3: <laughs> like, I, I've been replaying uh, Wind Waker HD. you know, I think we talked about this yeah. in the podcast yeah, we a little did. bit. And uh, I'm close to the end of the game. I'm near the end of the, uh, the Triforce Shard quest. And I have not lost a single life. And the entire time I've played, I've used one fairy. In fact, I've only used one healing item, period. And that's a little frustrating to me. Like, I love the game, and like, man, this is not challenging. So, playing Zelda U, uh, or Breath, uh, of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, yeah. Yeah, I don't have to call it Zelda U anymore, or Zelda U slash, slash NX. NX, whatever. That, ugh. Uh, anyway. But I'm so used to calling it Zelda U, yeah. I'm walking around with a Breath of the Wild shirt I I'm, on I'm and not going to get used to it for a it while. Zelda U. I know. So anyway, uh, you may have seen like from the the demo they showed or the live stream or whatever. There's a sort of a cave thing that looks like a, a big skull, and it's got like a like a lantern hanging down. If you shoot it with an arrow, the lantern will drop and explode, to kill all the enemies. inside. Yes. love it. Well, I kind of messed up and didn't do that right, and I ended up still shooting one of the barrels inside the skull, and but it killed all of the McCoblins except like the big almost like mini boss one, mm. and then he got really pissed at me and came sprinting out of the skull, and you're know, yep. you talking about? Yeah durability. My sword was already weak, but I'm like, ah, I can finish this guy off. He already took explosion damage. So I go to slice him, and he blocks it with my
0: sh- his shield and mm-hmm. shatters my sword.
3: Yep. Like, oh. Uh-
0: <laughs> so in- oh, the look on your face was amazing. <laughs> I wish you could see that, listeners.
3: In previous Zelda games, you know, whatever, you come across an enemy that, you know, maybe you weren't quite prepared for. Uh-huh. You just, you know, rolled away a couple times, and you're fine. Now, this dude hunted me down. Yep. I sprinted mm-hmm. as far away as I possibly could and he followed me for what felt like 200 yards or something yeah. and then killed me in like one hit. Lessons yep. learned from Dark Souls. Yeah, I'm like, yep. I'm like, whoa! This isn't a Zelda
0: game? Yeah!
3: Uh,
1: it's so well, exciting. And it's it's funny that you say that because this used to be how Zelda games were. If you wandered into a part of the overworld and you took on enemies you were re- weren't ready for you get wrecked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
3: yeah. I was just especially surprised by his persistence, the way he he was not going to let me get away with a slap on the wrist, and he was going to chase me down until I was dead, and he succeeded.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, with our complaining about the stamina system, um, that is a really good sort of justification for it being the way it is, is you can't just, you have to be really uh, diligent about how you run away from the enemies before they get too close to to knock you out. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have the same. Uh, I've had the same experience as Ben, where I, I charged into that area and didn't even realize how much I was getting hit because I'm not used to getting hit in Zelda games. and the game controls and feels, and the combat feels more or less like you're used to, just with more items. Right. Um. And so yeah, I I, I got whittled down too.
0: Yeah, um, and and that's a nice segue, I think, into the new health system. You don't find hearts by cutting grass. You don't find hearts by defeating enemies. You have to, like, get food in the overworld and cook it and eat Mm -hmm. it. And I mean, that's a great way to restore health. I think it's a a really wonderful uh, way to sort of balance the fact that you need this world to be harder uh, and enemies are still doing, you know, a quarter heart damage each or so. but without really just overloading you with health replenishment and, uh, you know, it, it lets you explore the world without feeling like the same kind of oppressive getting beaten down at every corner like Dark Souls, but also without the same sort of complete overpowerment of every enemy you find as in past Yeah, games. it's no
3: longer like Z-target and press B to
0: win. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, Which I
0: think... It- um, you, I was gonna say, I, which I think really sort of came to a head in Skyward Sword, where it was you once you figured out how to beat a certain enemy, you knew how to beat that enemy yeah. forever without taking enemy, any yeah. damage.
1: Mm-hmm. And, then, know? and since there were so few enemies, uh, the enemy density wasn't very right. very high. There was really no difference between any any encounters. Right. Whereas right. here, each camp could be different. They could have a different enemy makeup. Um, some some camps have really strong bosses roaming around them. Some of them don't. Um, it's just kind of you, you, f- you see what you find yeah um, what were you going to say uh, before I oh, went yeah. to so one? so one? thing The way that I, I like thinking of the health system is it, it feels like a survival game where you're not just fighting yes. the enemies but you're fighting your ability to sort of gather what you need to survive. You're fighting right. mortality! Right. You're, you, you find the food that you need to survive. Yeah. You find the weapons that you need to, <laughs> to outlast even when your, your basic one breaks. Uh, you pick up arrows everywhere. Uh, I love that they didn't just give you arrows as soon as you got the bow. You yeah. Had, you had to actually find that. Yeah, I found
3: myself frequently low on arrows, and again, I'm like, yeah. this is a Zelda game, and I'm And low it's not on that arrows. arrows are hard <laughs> to find,
1: it's just that you're using the, the arrows so much. Right. Uh, because there's so many enemies in each of these camps.
0: Right, and, uh, what was, um, I think, uh, there are a lot of Elements of this hunting and foraging that remind me a lot of Minecraft. Uh, yeah, it's the surfi- survival mode. And exactly. And yeah, you, of wood. exactly. Um, and and you can also interact with the world in lots of different dynamic ways. You can light a torch and light bushes on fire. Alex was saying if there's wind in the world at that moment, at that, that moment the fire can spread. Um, you know, you can. I at one point I was uh, fighting. My weapon was a Boko club, and I had, was at a Bokoblin camp, and they were like cooking some some meat on the fire or something and uh before i knew it my weapon was on fire and i was you know i was about to lose it and uh, it didn't really even occur to me that that was possible yeah um and that, that was a, the that was really indicative of the kind of dynamism in the world that i really really have been wanting in a zelda game and i think really makes it feel so much more alive it really makes it feel more like the believable livable adventure that zelda to me has always been and uh, hasn't really been fully realized in uh I think, the right ways in more recent Zelda games. And and I'm so happy that they're doing it now.
3: Up until this point, basically all we knew about this game was, holy crap, look at this big overworld. Yeah. And, and now we know, like, hey, this this overworld, it actually has stuff to do. You can interact with it more than you ever could in any previous
1: Zelda yes. overworld. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know those long, sweeping planes of grass? You could probably light that entire thing on fire. Yes, the probably The is there for a reason It's not hey, just Hey, Four Swords Adventures callback Yay yeah. Speaking um, of callbacks, Korox,
0: the old man Yeah,
1: got a statue in the Temple of
0: Time Oh man, so The Temple of Time Yeah, the Temple of Time <laughs> Yeah, I was. I about jumped out of my seat when I saw the
3: Korok and the yeah. live
0: stream. I was like, I love them so, they're wow. so cute. Looks exactly like it did in Winwicker. Yeah. Um, and do what do we think of the old man? Do we think that that's an NES throwback? Do we think that that's a character throwing back to sort of like the King of Red Lions? Yeah, or something? a lot of
1: people are saying that. I I don't know if I mean they named the old a man. Too early. Yeah, you find him at the beginning. Yeah, he has that's this what I'm like thinking. torch mm-hmm. behind him, and if you pick it up, he asks, "Oh, what are you gonna do with this? Light fires? You could say either light fires or fight." And it just, it feels very much like a modern version. And you can
0: decide whether or not you want to trust him. He's talking to you about, like, the sailcloth. and or you can ignore him entirely. To, yeah. You can
3: also hit him with an axe, but he doesn't appreciate the I was going to say,
0: in this one, though, it can't be the real old man, because if you attack him, he doesn't shoot fire back at you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, lots of great throwbacks. Um, uh, we were thinking that the world was a little too empty for how s- slow you run, but... You're gonna get a I also, eventually. Right, we've also heard that, and I, I was talking with Alex about this at lunch, we heard that the NPCs and towns or settlements of some kind or, or another uh, have been lifted from the E3 demo so as not to give anything away about how they sort of interact with the world. Um, what I'm wondering, Uh, we haven't really figured out and maybe other people have if you're listening feel free to let us know on Twitter or anything Um, but we're not really sure whether that means that there are NPCs and whatnot in the Great Plateau which is where the E3 demo takes place the beginning of the game takes place uh, that they've just taken away or whether they mean that there are NPCs in these settlements outside in like the big overworld uh, after the Great Plateau and they limited it to the Great Plateau so that you don't see them um, if it's the latter, then I think the world is too empty. If it's the former, then well, I think that's perfect.
1: I I actually... I appreciate the empty space, but uh, I, I see what you're saying about it being... Especially with the traversal speed. I appreciate... Empty. Yeah, I appreciate
0: the empty space. I don't appreciate how long it takes to traverse the yeah. empty space.
3: Yeah, well, I'll say... Like I said before... Uh, The enemies are more aggressive and they'll hunt you down, so having some empty terrain kind of gives you options for how you want to evade them. Yes, which is why I appreciate it. It makes you focus on using the environment to your advantage, and so my hope is that once, you know, uh, Epona or whatever generic horse, because you can tame horses in this game, that's a thing, my hope is that once that comes into play that the world really won't seem so empty anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I also liked uh, something that I haven't really noticed a lot of people talking about, but I really appreciate is that you can set pins on the map and everything and set, like, stamps for where you'll, you've you decided that your
1: settlement is, yeah. where you've made sort of your home base. Um, and I, you, I like that that the game does that, lets you set them yourself, rather yes. than throwing pins on the map all the time for you. Yeah. Um, because that's something that I, I said it on, I think, the last episode of the podcast. I really don't like it when games just overload you with, with point, points of interest to check out.
0: Uh, one thing that you said on a recent episode that did unfortunately come true, at least for you, uh, is once you sort of unlock the map, it gives you the entire thing yeah. uh, section by section, at but least in the Great Plateau. But at the same time, it looks the like Plateau. there's, there's
3: going to be a lot of sections, so it's, I don't know, maybe like a tenth of the map at a time or something? Maybe, yeah. Uh, which, you know, I still think that's a little too much. I'd still prefer it to be sort of like every time you reach a new area, you you know slowly get that map. Agreed. But, but I, you know, I can handle maybe a tenth of the map at the time. Sure. Instead of, like, you know, spirit tracks where you get a fourth of the map at a time or something like
0: that. Right. What I appreciate about maps that that, that uh, sort of fill in the cartography as you discover mm-hmm. it is that it lets you know where you've already been, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I don't think that I need to know what the areas that I have not yet been to look like. I, that's not necessary information. mm mm-hmm. um, but I do appreciate knowing what the areas I have been to look like, and I appreciate knowing what areas I have not yet been to. Yeah. So if you know I, I stop playing the game at some point and come back to it a day later, I, I especially in a big overworld like this, I can know, all right, well, this is empty space that I have seen, or this is empty space that I haven't seen. Um, uh, so I, so I can know what I want to uncover next.
1: Yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting that they had the sort of map unfailing from the towers feature in the first place because one of the things that I was really impressed about by this game is from since the world is so open and since there's a lot of open spaces in cliffs, uh, and towers even, um, it's really easy to see things that would be interesting to check out. Like yeah. the, the big mountain behind the starting area, Mount Hylia. Uh, y- if you turn around at the beginning you'll see that interesting sort of rock formation on the top of it. And it's like, oh, that's interesting, maybe I'll check it out. Uh, or if you climb on top of the Temple of Time, you might see the shrines everywhere because they're glowing orange. Yeah. Um, the game's really good at visual giving you visual cues without having to mark your map.
3: Yeah, no matter where you're standing, you're going to see multiple landmarks if you just do a quick three. And you're going to be like, oh, I want to explore that, I want to explore that, I want to explore that. And I think that's that's a really good sense of adventure to bring back into Zelda.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And the climbing and you can dive off of stuff totally reminds me of Assassin's Creed in a lot
1: of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sort of getting back to the mark map, uh, map map, Map marking <laughs> for a second um, One thing that I really thought they'd do In this game is use the gamepad More for the map uh, Like mark on the map with the stylus uh, I mean they,
3: they sort of implied that, you, Or even directly said that you'd be able to do that Like in past presentations didn't they I maybe. thought at the, at the game awards uh, they, showed,
0: they showed us the, Yeah the map was yeah. on the gamepad But we, right. we
1: know now why they scrapped that And Probably the reason We can Star-Box. assume Well, I think the reason is NX.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, I I was going to say, well, uh, Elnuma released that uh, statement where he said something along the lines of We realized that having to look from one screen to another during an action game just isn't very. It's disruptive to the gameplay if you have to look down and then look back up. And, you know, I kind of feel like that was maybe in response to the poor reception to how Star
0: Fox Zero. That absolutely could be part of it. Um, I wonder, though.
1: Well, looking at their solution, I, which is the traditional mini-map on the screen,
0: it seems, it seems like less they just intuitive.
1: thought... It's, well, it seems that they just thought, oh, well, we don't really need a dedicated screen for a map when everything are within a reasonable radius of your person is already visible on this yeah. mini-map. Oh, oh, the min- yes, yes, the mini-map in the corner. If you, need to check, if you need a plan, you just open your map, place a marker, and yeah. go. Yeah,
0: um, but I also think that part of it uh, can be explained by... Um, or, or rather, a question that I have is that t- questions and explanations completely the opposite. <laughs> um, but it's opposite day. A question that I have is why. Uh, would that necessarily apply to Zelda, an adventure game? Not necessarily an action game. I love the action elements. But, you know, if you're fighting an enemy, you're not going to be looking at your map. You're going to be figuring out how to defeat the enemy. Because, like Alex was talking about, on the mini map, you've got plenty of terrain around you there. Uh, you wouldn't need to look back and forth at the map to figure out where you want to go. You can see plenty of it on the screen. You can see plenty of it on the mini map, you know. So you wouldn't really need to be looking back and forth on the screen in any moment where it would be disruptive. You'd only be looking in the moments where you don't have disruptions and you, you, uh, you know, you. You want something to sort of reference and look back and forth towards.
1: Yeah, um, I find it kind of fascinating that they've made this decision right after releasing Twilight Princess HD, which had the map on the screen. Uh, it was pretty detailed too, and they had to have made it make it even more detailed for the Wii U version. Uh, but also the in- inventory on the screen, which we haven't heard anything about for this game either. Yeah, uh, there's all these features that I think everyone was expecting to, them to bring over from these Wii U ports, and they're just they're just gone. Yeah. Twilight Princess HD was a few months ago. That's, that's not like it's Wind Waker HD from 2013. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really do think it's NX is behind it.
3: And speaking of that, I'm really glad that there's an NX version because uh, my biggest gripe is... And don't get me wrong, the game's visual style is absolutely stunning, and I am amazed at how far you can see and how big the world yeah. is for being a Wii yes. game. Yeah. But at the same time, that big world starts to look really grainy from a distance, and there's a lot of jagged edges and pop in, and pop in. Yes, yeah, shadows pop in's not terrible, but it's there. Shadows disappearing. It's no
0: Hyrule Warriors and, Legends.
3: Uh, I, I, the other thing I had, this was a concern that I voiced on the podcast a few weeks ago, is that Wind Waker HD and to <laughs> a little lesser extent Twilight Princess hd struggle with keeping a consistent frame rate Mm -hmm. and the show floor demo that was that was true of the new zelda as well was
1: it i didn't notice that at all it wasn't it wasn't that bad but there were occasional times like when you're running and something pops it it wasn't
3: it wasn't like wind waker where uh i felt it was like super laggy whenever it was an explosion on the screen or anything like a second or two yeah not well less than a second yeah it wasn't it wasn't as frequent or as bad but um Yeah, I just I I think I'm definitely gonna want to get the NX version because the good news is Nintendo has nine months to polish this, but the bad news is you can only do so much polishing polishing on a machine that has like a five year old GPU and one gigabyte of RAM dedicated to games. Right. Yeah. Um, I I imagine like as much as I love this art style, imagining this with you know a a better a better GPU and more RAM to work with, I think this game is
1: gonna be so much more better looking and smooth running on NX. Yeah. um, to kind of drive that point home, I, I saw I don't know if we posted these on Ganesh yet, but I saw some like they were touted as four K screenshots, but I don't know if that's actually true. But they're really really high res screenshots of mm-hmm. the game. Looks absolutely gorgeous, and I'm I'm guessing those are probably NX shots or comparable PC build. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh shoot! Or oh. just the traditional bullshot who knows. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um. Shoot! I was I was. There's somewhere I wanted to take this next. Uh, jumping right off of that, but I uh, I don't know. I I love I love, you know, the dynamism in the combat too. We saw in the treehouse stream uh, there was this moment where and and Alex, you were telling us about this moment too where um, you loaded up a bomb arrow and then an enemy struck you and it blew you up and you died, yeah. which is amazing. But uh, there there's a, you can use the combat in all these sorts of creative ways. They like lit the field on fire which made like an updraft, jumped off the horse, took the sailcloth, flew up the updraft, and shot a bomb arrow right at one of those guardians to destroy it. It is the most amazing combat move I've ever seen in Zelda. That was so exciting, and it's all completely organic. It's nothing that the game tells you, look, here's this series of buttons that you can input and, you know, do this, pull off this move. It's something that... The player invents themselves, and yeah, I love that. It, it
3: reminded me a lot of sort of the spirit behind Metal Gear Solid 5, where they you know yes. they give you all kinds yeah. of tools to work with, and they give you an environment that can be easily manipulated, and there's no mm-hmm. one way, there's no one single solution to any area or problem. It's, here's your tools, here's the area, have fun with it, find yes. a new way, impress us, come up with something we didn't even know you could do.
1: Yeah, um, it's... I've noticed that one goal that they had with this game was to make everything physics-based. Um, if you played, or I don't know if you guys played around in the, the sort of magnetism dungeon. But no. there's no one way to do anything because where the things get placed is totally up to how you control them. Mm. Um, and another good example of this is if you looked at the uh, trailer and saw the, the chopping down the tree and making a bridge, um, it's possible to chop down a tree and try to span a gap and just have the tree totally miss what you were trying to do. <laughs>
0: These
1: our puzzles aren't like preset where you just yeah a solution and they work you really have to get it right. And that's yes. that's
3: I think been a big problem with Zelda is that you know a lot of stuff it's here's the problem there's one solution figure it out boom move on to the next right. thing and that that just gets a little dull after
0: a while. Right. and know. It feels very artificial. Es- it's especially not just...
3: with boss fights but in you know puzzle solving as yeah. well and traversing the overworld at times. So I like again I like that you have so many options and that Nintendo's not locking you into any single solution for yes. any single problem.
1: Totally agreed. Yeah, and I think we do need to call them problems and not puzzles, because outside of the shrines where they're very clearly constructed puzzles, um, they really aren't puzzles.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. Um, I think we should talk about the uh, Link, you up? (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Chamber of Resurrection?
1: Yeah, um, that was probably the most mysterious opening... Yeah, all game that I have yeah. seen, and, and
0: all the the Sheikah technology, and all um, the whole oh, the whole so, shebang, and the the lore, and the world building. I'm so excited
1: to dig more into
0: Sheikah
3: lore. I mean, I I kind of doubt we'll actually see much of the Sheikah tribe themselves, just because. I it,
1: actually do because yeah? um, from what I understand, the at the end of the shrines. Um, which are I guess are how you get the runes, which are the spells. You'll find Shika elders. Interesting. Well, that's are
0: they? I think they're just monks. Are they? Are you sure that they're Shika tribe
1: members? They're like wearing Shika stuff, and the shrines are, are Shika themed. Interesting. Okay. So I, I mean, maybe they're not Shika, but they're certainly tied to dress in some fashion. Shika,
3: or they're you know very, they're Shika enthusiasts, I guess. <laughs> just the Shika They're just right. cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> that. But, that would actually be an interesting plot element. But either way, Cosplayers. I'm really excited just because the Sheikah, you know, you never really see much of them, but you kind of see the things they've left behind, and there's a lot of mystery and intrigue surrounding them, and this is just going to dive full force into that. So I'm really I'm really excited to see how they, they sort of
1: flesh out the lore. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not going to spoil this for those of you who haven't, like, watched streams, but they sort of explained the teardrop. Um, it has a very interesting role in Uh, Breath of the Wild. Would you care to explain? I don't want to spoil it. Oh, yeah. No spoilers. (laughs) I forgot about that part.
0: Um, (laughs) um, uh, What was... The the, the next thing I wanted to talk about... um, I think there was something else involving the Sheikah, but... The Sheikah Uh, butt. Yeah, the Sheikah
1: butt. Thanks, Ben. (laughs) Um, I have something involving the story. We could, I guess, go there. Okay. Uh, Evidently, Aonuma says that you don't actually have to complete the story to go fight the final boss. Yes. Fantastic. That's really
0: Well done. Applause. Applause.
1: Um, Um, I don't know what parameters exactly have to be met in order to fight the final boss. You probably need a weapon that won't break after one or two hits. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But... You know, not having to jump through hoops to get there, that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think probably what they're going to do there, that's why we haven't seen the Hero's Tunic, that's why we haven't seen the Master Sword. Mm-hmm. I think that's basically it's going to be the Master Sword is the permanently invincible weapon, the Hero's Tunic is, you know, the, the sort of like legendary tier equipment mm-hmm. uh, that gives you the most defense, the most offense, or whatever kinds of other boosts that they have in the equipment stats. Um, you're going to get those, I think, close to the very end of the game, and that's what you're going to be supposed to use. Used to beat the final boss. Um, but
1: you know, of and course. And then I hope the final boss is balanced around those those equipment. Options I'm sure too, it will be. I would hate to have another final boss that's piss easy if you played through the story. So
3: for people that love like three heart challenges and things like that, this will be awesome. Can have, what, oh man, the heart naked run. Naked
0: Links. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> the naked challenge.
3: And also, speedrunners are gonna love, you know, being able to get to the the last boss early. I think this is gonna be oh a, yeah with a, just that sort of open overworld and not locked into a, a story progression. I think we're gonna see people come up with a lot of creative ways to
1: try to sort of break the game. One thing that I imagined is since you can set fires and use the updrafts with the uh, with the glider, imagine how you could use that to sequence break. Yeah. Yes. Just crazy, strategically positioned fires all over Hyrule and just glide wherever you want. So yeah, I'm excited for the way the story's going to yeah, pan I'm... out. It looks like it's very, <laughs> like, very organic and unnecessary if you don't want to play the it. Yes. <laughs> What is going
0: on around? (laughs) I'm so confused. We're surrounded uh, by giggling children. (laughs) (laughs) Bottle it all up, but you know, after like every 20 minutes, it just has to explode. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) A porn simulator, apparently. (laughs) I think we might need an explicit marker on this episode. (laughs) Just edit this out. Nah, we don't want to edit. We can drop in Waluigi. I'll try it one more time. Like, well done, everybody! He's here. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you know what I noticed is uh, this. This was a, a passing notice, but um, <laughs> I'm a very lanky person, and I really. Noticed- Really? Yeah! You Did you? That? No. no! It was <laughs> only a passing I, I noticed that when I like sit down, um, or like when I'm doing work or anything, the way that I just sort of like put my body is very much like a Waluigi pose every time. <laughs> I'll like sit with like this, or you know, you can't see it if
1: you're listening. Why oh, are you becoming but... Waluigi? Why?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why?
1: <Well, everyone should, laughs> you should try to look at the Waluigi mustache. Yeah, right. I don't know if I'd be able to do
0: that. Uh, cool. i you so. he has Ben could do a guy liner, too. What's that? He has a guy liner. I think those are just his eyes. I do have the proper dark circles, but... I thought you hurts. were going to say you had the proper eyeliner. <laughs> 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 I have the proper eyeliner. Proper <laughs> um, proper eyeliner. <laughs> um, I, I could just go out to the beach one day and forget to put sunblock on my nose. That would work. Um, it's
3: a big nose. <laughs> <still>. <laughs> it's like,
2: yeah, we can
0: it. <laughs> um...
3: We got a little derailed.
0: Yeah, I'm very... Where? What were we even talking about? No,
3: she Sheikah cosplayers. Story
1: something. Sheikah, Sheikah cosplayers. Beating, beating the boss. Oh, the boss.
0: Sequence breaking. Jackson wow. and Ben's beers derailed me. So,
1: sequence, sequence breaking. Sequence breaking. Sequence yeah, no, breaking. Okay. story. Final okay. boss.
0: Alright, go ahead. Speaking story. of
1: final boss, Speed evidently Ganon is in this game
0: ah who knew oh zelda well,
1: the thing that's interesting is they're calling him calamity ganon
0: yeah i wonder what that really means he's in
1: like a yeah, gaseous form
0: yeah <laughs> I, it, it's a spirit it's well i think that was really interesting because the whole miyazaki inspiration that you know it very much reminded me of stuff like princess mononoke and spirited away the way that the villain was presented in this so
1: yeah um, fits with the sort of environmental and wild themes yes, of the game. Yes, definitely, about, definitely. Uh, do we think it's just going to be Ganon, or do we think Ganondorf is involved? <laughs> I would like to see a game without Ganondorf, a 3D Zelda game without Ganondorf, because they haven't really focused on the sort of demon Ganon as the instigator. He's always been just the final form or a form of Ganondorf. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I, you know, when you started that sentence, I was completely not with you. But now I think it actually would be pretty interesting to see the way that especially a game like Breath of the Wild and the focus on environment and nature is is uh, really affected by a force of evil rather than just one person.
1: Oh, and a human at that. Right,
0: right. Yeah. Or Hylian or whatever. Gerudo. Gerudo. Um, I, are they human?
1: Sure, we'll go with that. Cool. Racist. I... <laughs> and Ben took a drink he, <laughs> he was
0: um. so proud of himself <laughs> um
1: what else? what else
0: there's definitely more I want to talk about but we've lost a lot of focus now. <laughs> um it's been
1: a long. Oh, it so has this, been a long. We few days. moved on from the survival thing a long time ago. But one thing that I thought was really cool was uh, we talked a little bit about the temperatures uh, already. There's going to be hot and cold areas. And you'll have to either dress. My two or, favorite temperatures. Or. <laughs> now nah, you're just lukewarm. Um, you'll either have to dress or eat appropriately to survive there. Uh, you'll take damage if you don't. Uh, but they yeah. also had a noise sensor, which tells you how much noise you're making. So you oh, can, that's what that was! Okay, that's really cool. Uh, you can uh, make less noise by crouching down and kind of sneaking, um, which is uh, if you guys were having trouble where you're getting spotted by enemies before you got close to their camps, that's probably why.
3: Uh, yeah, and again, that's something that kind of r- reminds me of Metal Gear Solid Five as well, where you're going to see different enemy encampments and you have to sort of plot how you want to you know, go at them. Do you want to go stealthily? Do you want to come in guns blazing? And there's, there's no right way, really. But obviously they, they give you a little help If you want to go stealthily with that sort of noise meter Yeah, yeah.
1: very nice And we didn't get to try this out because our demo was so short But uh, evidently at night the enemies will sleep
0: huh. uh, At least Ooh. the ones in the
1: encampments So that'll make it even easier To sort of run in and steal stuff from them You won't even have to fight And I,
3: I understand Is this correct that uh, the it's a, a minute in the game, or a minute in real life Equals an hour in the game So a day-night cycle yeah, that's, that's, that's what I heard, that's yeah. what I heard Um, So if any encampment is too tough Just wait like 12 minutes Yeah right (laughs) Go explore, find (laughs) some arrows
1: Um, Yeah and speaking of the the day night cycle um, It looks like in addition to Some enemies sleeping uh, Other enemies will come out at night Which is obviously something that I think we've all talked
0: about before Like hood hoots and knock (laughs) towels Nailed it (laughs) Everyone else liked it, Ben.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think of other stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, and an and old uh, Zelda trope is back, where if you go behind the waterfall, there's probably a cave. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, there was a cave uh, oh, cool. by Mount Hylia, actually. Nice. Where uh, they went behind, it and there were three treasure chests, and they had gear nice. and oars, I think. That was pretty cool. Um... Oh, yeah, and you can mine ores. If you blow up certain rocks, uh, ores will pop out. You cool. Can use it to strengthen your weapons. Uh, I saw a description for one that says you can imbue your weapons with electricity. Ooh. Uh, which, again, very Dark Souls. Yeah, an RPG. and mining
0: for ores and strengthening weapons, very Minecraft. Very Minecraft, yep. Um, My God, we were so on the nose with these last few episodes. I can't believe it. Um, I was debating whether to talk about Minecraft at all. Right. Oh, my God.
1: Um, there's a raft uh, that you can use, or maybe multiple rafts. I'm not sure. Uh, you get a, like, Deku Leaf-like item that yeah, to, to like make a move. Yeah, like that. Love that. Yeah. Um, which, Apparently, again, there's a fire rod. Uh,
0: Jose Otero of IGN was talking probably, about it found it is a fire it a rod. a rod? Or is it I just a spell? He, I don't know. I didn't have the time feels to read it. it like to,
1: the ice rod, I didn't too, have the time to cool. read it. Well, it looks like all the spells are tied to that chica I think slate. he said on Twitter that it was a fire rod, but hmm. I could be misremembering. It's possible. Um, Because, yeah, we didn't get to see very many different types of weapons, just kind of the swords and spears and and clubs that you'd find in your opening area. Right. Um, um, Spells. That's a good topic. Um, yeah, we didn't like, really see much of those but Yeah, if you if In the, the first level we got, we started with a bunch of items uh, Including some of the spells Like we started with uh, both types of starting bombs The round and the squares uh, Those will be unlimited, you'll just kind of be on a timer uh, They'll replenish uh, After a certain amount of time after you use them um, Round ones you can roll Obviously, square ones are easier to set down Because they won't roll away on you uh, otherwise, they work just like bombs, uh, except mm-hmm. for you can detonate them on demand, so they'll be yes. a lot easier to use. And you cool. can sort of set
3: traps. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can set a bomb down and then lure a bunch of the to chase after yep. you and just blow them up. Which mm-hmm. just Love that. Is very. Satisfying. You can you can
0: roll a boulder off a cliff and kill both um, That was uh, that was really. I
3: like cool. sought out every boulder I could find.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, and then I mentioned this earlier, but there's a magnetism spell that lets you move stuff around. Uh, in addition to like uh, obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, metal blocks that are for puzzles. There's also, like, a metal boulder that I found. Um, apparently oh, I can, saw that too! Apparently you can drop your sword and use the magnetism thing on it and hit enemies from afar with a sword. That's so cool! it have gone all out with the interactions, and I love it. Man, line. this is amazing. Um, and this is, these are just like the first, apparently the, these are the spells you find in the opening area. This is the first 20 minutes of the game, remember? Yeah, and I don't know exactly how much of this will actually be in the first 20 minutes, but um, it seems like they Well, I
0: would imagine that this is Pretty, how, pretty, pretty close pretty to how close. the game really plays out. Yeah, I don't I think, think so that too. they would construct this just for the demo.
1: I think so too. Um, another thing I found where there are lots of different types of arrows that you can stumble on. There were bomb arrows yeah. if you found those, or fire arrows. Some people found uh, that's how I think some people started the fires which was with fire arrows. Um, it was always burning, Alex. The I was going to make that joke, grand. and I
3: thought it would be too dumb,
0: so thank you, Colin. You're welcome. I'm always, I'm always happy to make the terrible ones.
1: <laughs> That's Colin's joke. Um I'm running out of random things to say. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I'm i sure there's more that I want to say about Zelda, but uh, I've gone through all the, the big ones. I mean, besides the... F- fact that I wasted the first 15 minutes of my demo time (laughs) doing all the stuff that they reserved for the second 20 minutes, so I basically lost out on the the fun of just interacting with the overworld. Which is too bad.
1: Um, But, you know. Um, Stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, I really love the way the game starts. They just give you a couple pieces of basic gear and say have fun
0: yeah i liked uh when you come out of the chamber of resurrection uh i was opening the first treasure chest and he sort of kicked it and stubbed his toe and <laughs> link was like i could tell you like grabbed his foot and was you know i could tell he was he kind damage. of mad at himself I, yeah i didn't notice that part but I, I i liked at least the animation and uh it was nice good touch
1: yeah um, another nice thing about when you first exit the shrine at the beginning or the wherever you were reviving the chamber of resurrection uh-huh. um, is the way the game kind of gives you sort of a nudge down the path but if you don't want to follow the path they're certainly not going to punish you so I hope that's kind of how the story is guided yeah. uh, throughout the entire game where they have a path but certainly the path is just a small fraction of what you can do so.
0: yeah <laughs> You look way more embarrassed than you should be. I didn't even we're not hear you. We're just being mischievous. We're
2: stifling our <laughs> laughter.
0: Oh, okay. You, you <laughs> look like you're like, I hope they don't hear. Uh, <laughs> Jackson's Jackson's like laughing his butt off.
3: He has no butt now.
0: <laughs> yeah, none. None at all. Um,
1: yeah, uh, all in all, this is pretty much my dream Zelda game. The only thing that's missing is the uh, more uh, link customization options. Don't forget, Grus. We don't know if he's not in there. We don't know if he's not in. We don't.
0: Apparently, though, you can actually build your own bomb catapults. So now there's no need. Now there's no need for the spirit of Grus
1: lives (laughs) on. The secret is that Grus became Link, and that's why he was asleep for a hundred years. Maybe. Um. Are we done? I don't know, you guys have any final thoughts? I gave my Not final really. thoughts. I, I I sort of... I'm I, sure yours are the same I'm, as yeah, mine. <laughs>
0: I'm just too confused about what's going on around me. Hey, Charles! <laughs> it's... I don't know. I... <laughs> that there should are, the Is there a way... <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: this is gonna go down with
0: like the best hey, or the my right oh, one or the Fashion other and <laughs> at the same time yeah <laughs> Colin, I'm just gonna say this and you can it's a, you yeah. can cut it out maybe but um, when you said like you like fighting the final boss like you'd imagine if you could like you would need a sword that doesn't break and stuff like that you could just use the infinite bombs after all your weapons break and then you could kick its
3: ass that way it's it's true. you know what I'm saying it's a posture like, free everyone can cheer you on
2: I thought we were going to go home. You can manipulate the environment around you, but you know, whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's my (laughs) contribution. I appreciate you, Jackson. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Well, I was thinking, you know, even if you have, you know, terrible weapons, I thought that could be part of the challenge is, you know, like, you know, in previous games, the three heart run and things like that, but maybe in this game. My
1: concern is, you know, if let's say weapons go up and do like the top tier weapon does a hundred damage. If your bottom tier weapon does two damage and breaks after you hit something <laughs> twice, you're not gonna beat the final boss with the stick. Right. No, no, you but got. But if you but, collect enough and try yeah. the demo again, well, they,
0: you know, so they max now, you
1: out too on on equippable items.
2: But so but we own. don't know what kind of an environment you're fighting in. Can you manipulate the environment there? If we you don't have know. Bombs or something? Can You'd you just blow light the whole up a thing, blow thing on fire? fire. Throw a bola. So I think you know anything is really possible. It's possible. I just wanna throw the two cents out there.
1: Yes. No, mm-hmm. mm, that's good. Yeah, maybe you uh, just um, fight him with the
0: uh woodcutter axe. Speaking of like boulders and bombable areas, um I'm way too far from the mic, I bet. Um we were talking in a previous episode about how bombable walls and stuff shouldn't be way too conspicuous and at the same time they shouldn't be a pixel hunt. <laughs> I have not actually seen any for myself, but apparently Onuma was talking and that was exactly one of the full... Theo- yeah, books, I guess. they totally nailed it. There's, you saw one? I found a wall that you could actually bomb. It's in that first pond that yep. you could dive into. And I nailed it because I'm like, this looks like something you can bomb, but there's no bombs that show up in your inventory. That's when the guy helping out said, yeah, no, that is one of those Sheikah things. You have permit and bombs, treasure chest right behind it. Awesome. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. But it's it exciting. was not blatantly obvious, like, okay. Place bomb, bomb here. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So nice. like yeah, I crack think on the, you know it was, it was, placer- it was a pile of boulders, okay.
1: but on the initial stream, it just looked like a wall that you were supposed to climb. Okay.
0: That's awesome. I am so... I can't wait wait to bomb some Dodongos. (laughs) They got this game so right in every way. I am so happy. One of
2: my favorite things was how you could manipulate the environment. And I remember seeing in other plays, oh, you can chop down and stuff like this. So here I am being faced by a bunch of goblins, thinking I'm going to chop down a tree and roll this over them and watch it totally backfire and then I got attacked and yeah, things like that.
1: You just scared people Yes, they were
2: all mad at me. I tried chopping it? down their tower too and I couldn't do that. So it was kind of like... That would have
0: been really cool. I really
2: tried doing it. I was like, I'm going to chop this down and attack them with it. What can I do? Try lighting it on fire? No, actually, but I did try lighting it on fire. fire.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. But
2: that's kind of what was cool is just playing with everything and seeing what you could do and what you couldn't do.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Um. <laughs> oh, Colin, you told me an interesting story at lunch about the whole reason why this game exists in the form that it does. Was, uh, I don't a remember the story, story from <laughs> about the, uh, the, the first. The, the giant nightmare monster that he Oh, created. yeah. So, <laughs> apparently,
0: the whole reason that there is this technology theme and everything, uh, all the stuff about the Sheikah and the Chamber of Resurrection, all stems from Aonuma wanted uh, players to be able to fight gigantic Octoroks. Uh, which, presumably,
1: as, as we know, are Anumas uh, the bane of Aonuma's existence are Octoroks. I was
0: going to say to end world hunger. Oh, uh, well, you no. can eat some giant ones. Unfortunately, but uh, apparently the giant Octoroks did not look good, <laughs> uh, not not aesthetic enough, and so they decided. Well, maybe they could you know be some sort of robot creature that's kind of like an octopus in some way, um, and that gave rise to the guardians in the form that they are, which then in turn gave rise to the rest of the technological inspirations. So
1: Thanks, Octoroks! (laughs) I've never loved you more. Part of me is now hoping that inside every Guardian there's a tiny little Octorok.
0: Controlling (sighs) it? Like like the animals in uh, Sonic. Yes. A a (laughs)
1: Dalek. A Dalek?
0: Oh, Oh, man. Classic, Ben. (laughs) Come on, it's an octopus creature controlling a robot. That is exactly a Dalek. You're not wrong. I (laughs) I, I don't watch
1: enough Doctor Who to have thought of that, though. Um... So without Octoroks, we would have no uh, Breath of the Wild.
0: Thank you, thank you, Octoroks. It's a classic Zelda enemy. Well, I guess thank you, everybody. That is the end of Nintendo Week for today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us at Gamnesia TV on YouTube. Or subscribe to us on iTunes. I am i was so close to nailing this. Uh, for more episodes of the Nintendo Week podcast. Uh, if you can't wait to, for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com and check out more gaming news as it happens. We got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it, and even Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. Uh, if you like this podcast, you can review us on iTunes. Please do. Um, you can send us feedback on Twitter. You can email me, colin at gamnesia.com. That's C-O-L-A-N at G-A-M-N-E-S-I-A. Or find me on Twitter at C O L I N M C I S A A C. And Alex, where can they find you? Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Legend of Lex. I don't know what we're going to do for outro music this week. Maybe it's Ray Charles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Way we but anyway, if you want to ask us anything about Zelda. I'm
0: down. Yeah, we're always available on Twitter. Uh, you know, we, we had a small fan get together here at E3 and uh, met, met a great fan. Thank you to Andrew Gonzalez for coming out all the way. And um, I think that's it. The end. The end. Enjoy oh. Zelda in 2017. Well, hopefully it's 2017. Wow. We have yet wow. to see. I get
1: along. <laughs>
2: Everybody. <laughs> oh God. Manor,